0: Hey guys, welcome back to Tapping into Crypto. We're here to give you your fortnightly market update. I'm Pat. I'm Tommy. And we've got some pretty cool things to cover in this episode. And, um, you know, obviously, Tommy, it's good to have you back on, on the potty. You've, you've been away from it for a little bit. Uh, most notably, you've been living underwater for a few days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Matt, Beth, Milton here. It's, uh, it's pretty much have the underwater scuba gear on, me for the last few weeks. So it's, uh, not ideal but you know we're, we're working through it and trying to support i guess as many people in the area as well it's a big focus for a lot of us here
0: yeah the breezy floods definitely i guess seeing the damage also just in the northern new south wales regions as well it's, it's just ridiculous um the damage just across the board so you know thoughts and prayers out to everyone uh affected by the floods and obviously just wishing everyone the best there so. yeah.
1: yeah it's been a tough time what a <laughs> what a bloody couple of years we're all after being through here and it's, it's crazy to think about all the Massive events that have happened over the last three years. It's absolutely insane.
0: Just feel like if it's not COVID, it's something else, right?
1: Oh, man. Insane.
0: Being said, like we're obviously going to do our usual thing and do a bit of a roundup on the markets and talk about where we might be seeing things going over the next couple of weeks. But um, we also thought we take this episode today and just touch base more specifically on, I guess, some of the larger macro impacts, the destabilization in that sort of Ukraine, Russia region has had on the markets specifically, uh, as well as sort of just revisiting the impact it's had on gold and, you know, oil and even the ongoing impact of the Federal Reserve. It, it kind of feels like right now we're living through. Um, I know, I the Tommy, you like to call it the black swan event. I'm not too sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like we're living in a flock of black swans at the moment. <laughs> just like, just like week after week. But, um, you know, we're still here. We're still staying positive in the whole thing. And that's what you got to do, right? Like, you just got to take it in your stride.
0: 100%. I don't know. Just looking at, you know, Bitcoin, like there has been some recent strength, uh, I guess, since the last podcast we had, you know, top to bottom, we're looking at about a 20% move. Um, so, I mean, that's always nice to see, especially how quickly it kind of did jump up. I know a lot of people in the office definitely got excited especially coming off. I think it was very timely just after the start of the Russian occupancy into Ukraine. So obviously that bad news had had been delivered. So everyone was very, very happy to see that green. I think that was also a very timely point for Bitcoin. It was the only time in recent times that it was actually outperforming the NASDAQ and the S&P where there was a bit more stronger conviction there than there were in the equity indexes. So... Read into that what you may, it may not be significant enough because it was just a shorter period of time. But it, that was really cool, I thought, especially after something as serious as, you know, one country basically looking to take over another. It's um, That sort of stuff really does tend to destabilize the flow of money.
1: Yeah, the declaration of war is definitely uh, something that was going to shake all markets and, you know, not just markets, just I guess, the, the globe in general. But yeah, it was kind of interesting to see, like, initially... Bitcoin and equities and, you know, all markets almost were very, you know, they were just correlated almost perfectly. Gold has a bit and some commodities showed a bit more strength, I suppose. You know, long longstanding joke about crypto and gold and, and Peter Schiff and... and uh, say
0: Peter Schiff, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's right. That's right. I think he was celebrating a bit early there when, it, you know, the initial fight came and, you know, there was a sharp sell-off in a lot of markets. It's been very interesting to watch. I think what you're touching on is kind of the decoupling of Bitcoin from those kind of equities markets recently, probably more in the last seven days or so. You know, we saw Bitcoin, I think, spike 12 to 15 percent in in a 24 hour period, which is what you're referring to there. And at the same time, gold actually was on the decline. So it's very interesting to see. It's really just chopping and changing kind of quite quickly, I think. You know, the argument for Bitcoin at uh, this hedge against inflation, store of value, kind of protection against macro events. Yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but, it, but it's funny because, you know, people talk about gold being that one that's been nailed down for many years to do so. And it's it's, it's not really doing that either. You know, it's been quite volatile, which is not what it's, uh, you know, true to be, I
0: suppose. 100%. I mean, I think that's the overall sentiment when people, I think, especially... Some of the more louder commentators in the space, like they do say, well, if, if Bitcoin is the store of wealth, then it is this, you know, underlying asset that has this anti-inflation mechanism built into it. You know, why does it move when the stocks move? Like, is it just a overhyped tech stock? Like, that's the negative Nancy angle, I think, or the people that are the the questioners. I think it is cool to see that decoupling. Yeah, for that exact reason, because it kind of does put that to bed a bit.
1: Yeah. I guess the technology behind Bitcoin, like we talk about, the technology being more important, and you know a lot of people are here for the price action, and that's fine too. But yeah. the technology and the decentralized nature of, of Bitcoin, especially, has kind of really came to the forefront.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting just seeing um, the stock exchange that they have in Moscow. It still hasn't opened. Uh, it's still closed since the early days when the invasion started, and. I had someone on, like a, a chief economist analyst or something, come on some Russian news show. It's currently just gone viral where he's just pulled out a beer from under the table and just said something along the lines of, it's all over. Let's go home. <laughs> just drank his beer live on air. Um, so can't say the positive sentiments coming out from even the people in Russia at the moment, seeing stuff like that. It's crazy. Just, to, you know, understandable. Like maybe there's a reason why it all has gone down the way it has. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's citizens that probably unbeknownst to themselves and, haven't done anything wrong, they're kind of paying the price as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's generally the people that have absolutely zero to do with government or as part of that government policy that are getting adversely affected. And, you know, people are losing their lives. It's a tough situation over there at the moment. True. But yeah, you know, we're just kind of trying to pull the crypto news out of it, I guess, when we can as well, it's like what we got to do. So people are, you know, sick of watching ABC News, listening to the rest of that stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, I guess it's good to remember that crypto is kind of agnostic, it can be used for bad. It can be used for good, right? So there's good. There's some use cases right there for the people of Russia. You know, they can protect themselves. Every day, people are, and they are doing it right now. And um, the government can't stop that. Can't put a tax on that. You know, the way they would like to, I suppose. So that's that's really important thing to know. If the other side of it, you look at the Ukrainian side, they've used crypto. I think I think something that's actually going to be quite historic and something that we look back on in, in years to come is, you know, a government at war tweeting. A Bitcoin and Ethereum address, you know, to essentially crowdsource the battle against Russia. Like, that's really, uh, I had to take a bit of a step back when I actually seen that publicized. It was just, I thought it was absolutely crazy. And, and something like that, something that huge turning to crypto and, and using it, you know, using it for a form of, of protection and, you know, getting support from every corner of the planet, which, you know, the technology allows you to do. It's, uh, it's powerful.
0: Even like I know most notable, Mr. Gavin Wood. Uh, Someone we both admire and respect in the crypto space, arguably one of the the founders of Ethereum, now moved on to Polkadot. But how much did they send over? It was a massive amount, wasn't
1: it? I think he, yeah, someone said it was like 5 million or so worth of Polkadot that they had donated, you know, on initial. And then they've opened it up to other coins as well, or obviously stable coins. I heard Dogecoin was was being donated as well there was a number flying around that was in the, around 50 million that they had raised so far yeah. through a crowdfunding effort through crypto, right? So now all these things are not, wouldn't be possible through the traditional banking systems or, or um, charitable process, I suppose, you know, especially when trying to raise funds from from every corner of the planet, right? It's yeah. um, it's just it? really powerful to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the other side of it is, um, you know, some exchanges like crypto exchanges were actually, kind of putting sanctions on Russian clients of theirs as well. So, you know, I guess there's a few things that not every company took the same stance, but there's a bit of a mixed feeling on what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed, I suppose. So yeah, it's very interesting. I mean it's it's very imbalanced at the moment. You know, everything is unstable. Nobody really knows what's gonna happen next. We we never know what's gonna happen next with markets, but I guess this event is a is definitely a catalyst to just, you know, build on that and very much a wait and see when it comes to investing at the moment you know we see spikes like bitcoin did it last week which which tends to pull up the market probably a good swing trading opportunity if i'm honest like you you see swings like that it, it seems to be short-term movement which you know volatility spikes and short-term movement is what you like to do if you're a swing trader you know people like to swing trade on those you know shorter time preferences so yeah i guess that's that's where it can be valuable for people that are still in the market or still active and and things like that so there's always a trade available if you want to take one (laughs) like
0: you said just had to sort of check yourself once you sort of saw them tweeting on a government twitter page that you know these these contract addresses to make deposits for any donations you were keen to make they then went the next step which really blew me away was to do a snapshot of all the donations made, and the speculation there is, there'll be some sort of either token or NFT distributed to all the people that have donated. So nothing confirmed there, but that's the current speculation uh, as a bit of a token and gesture of saying thank you. So it's just crazy to me that that's the kind of technology and you know even solution architecting that they're doing towards their donation driving. Like they actually are trying to create some. In- not that they have to create incentive, but it's nice, that, I guess, to know that they, they are aware of the technology of what is possible. It's um, just yeah. amazing. It's crazy.
1: If you went back, like, let's go back, like, even two years. <laughs> yeah, literally two years. Like, imagine if someone said to you that the government was going to crowdsource the, you know, relief effort against the war, whatever way you want to phrase it, through cryptocurrency donations. Like, people would literally laugh you out the door, you know, and often did laugh us out the door when we talked about crypto. <laughs> But I mean, it just shows the adoption curve is deep and the technology, like all these catalysts, like this is a negative, a completely negative, negative event that's happening globally, right? Let's not, yeah. let's like get away from that. But you have to look at the whole world now is talking about crypto. Like, why are they using crypto? Like, it's just a spreader of information across the technology. And that's like, we, we have to try and take positives. So I guess that's the positive that we will try and take from it is that, you know, the world now, knows about Bitcoin, even though they should by now anyway, I suppose. But, you know, all of these things that happen are just like you couldn't even dream about it two years ago. You know, you got like El Salvador adopting it as legal tender earlier on in in 2021. You know, what's the next country that's going to do the same thing? All these types of efforts and things we see in the news, there really are bullish catalysts for the industry overall. And I think that's something we just have to remember. I mean, whatever the market is doing, whatever the price is doing at at a given time is always short-term, it's all the short-term momentum, right? Like, And talk yep. about these Black Swan events, we're going to see more. Like, Christ, I don't know what the next one is going to be. I don't even want to yeah, yes. know what the next one might be, but, but it's going to happen. That's just that's life. That's how it is. But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next. When everything kind of settles down, and it will, it might take a year, two years, who knows. Once everything kind of settles down and, and the adoption right. continues, which it is, it's going to be very interesting to see where it dust settles and What's left after that, I suppose. But in my opinion, you couldn't be any more bullish on crypto as a technology and an advancement in payments and and everything else.
0: Yeah, especially with the price action we've all been observing over the last, you know, two or three months. You know, it's honestly almost been like six months of sideways and a little bit up and if not mainly down. So yeah, to get that adoption even in these conditions, like it, it kind of speaks volumes to me as well. I think on that note too, like you said. Where the hell could we go from here? Uh, I know we were talking about it a bit earlier. The, the the next, I think, key bit of news potentially could be coming out of the traps is the Federal Reserve announcement. So that's, I think, what
1: did you say, one or two weeks away? Next week, yeah, I think it's the 15th, 16th in, in the US.
0: I guess for context, like the first big sell-off that we, or I would say the most recent sell-off action that we have seen when it's been quite steep, a lot of it was around the time they had the first meetup. Uh, so the FOMC sort of talking about this you plan to stop stimulus and increase rates and cause a lot of people to just have that fear and want to go risk off. Uh, and that was, again, not crypto-specific across the board, but Bitcoin you know, definitely had that priced in into its price action. The second biggest dip I guess we've seen since that date has been uh, the, once again, geopolitical tension uh, with Russia and Ukraine specifically there. And it almost begs the question, like, is you know, if we're trying to put on some sort of bullish hat right now, you're kind of hoping that the next meeting everyone's sort of expecting one thing maybe we'll have an event that's you know not so bearish potentially and that could be the third event to turn it around here I don't know it will be interesting to see I guess their reaction just given the circumstances at the moment if if it does change or if if they are still committing to their I think they're they're quoting up to six uh, rate increases over the course of the year which you know a lot of people are sort of dubbing that that could be enough to sort of destroy the economy. I don't know if that's a bit of, yeah, over the topness, but it is yeah interesting to just be waiting to see what's going to come out of that one. It's not too far away.
1: Yeah, I think it was interesting to listen to to Royal Paul when he was on the podcast a few weeks ago, talking about the Federal Reserve and and what he thought was going to happen there. I think his opinion on it was they definitely have overshot it in terms of the amount of rate hikes that they announced. So I'd be interesting and, and usually when you when you're expecting one thing, the opposite can happen. Or you know, I don't think it's going to be as bad. I think we've had as many catalysts to cover us for about twenty years in terms of the new the news stories that have broken out. So, you know, it's yep. kinda like unless there's a an asteroid faced at Earth and it's gonna hit in, in a week's time, I think there's nothing nothing that can really rock the market too much more than it already has been over the last few years. It's um it's taken an absolute battering and you know, we've had some good market conditions, we've had some sell offs recently and and it's very much heatering on the balance point at the moment to see what's going to happen next. But yeah, the Federal Reserve is always announcements that that people watch very very closely. Personally, I think the majority of it needs to be priced in. Though I mean, I as much as Bitcoin is breaking up, it's breaking down. I still think we're seeing kind of I don't I don't want to co- try and say I'm calling the bottom or anything like that, but I do definitely see it as being a bit of a we're in a range now. I think that we could see for quite a while like that kind of say 42 to 36, 37k mark. I kind of see that. And we could definitely break down underneath it for sure. And if we do, I'll be ready. <laughs> um, but but I mean, it's it's found a lot of support in those areas. You know, We've seen a, a lot of different catalysts come out that, that should bring it down. Some should bring it up. And it's just kind of teetering on that range recently. So yeah.
0: I definitely agree. It, it kind of feels like we've had <laughs> enough. And even looking at a chart, like the drives down, they're getting smaller. You know, even the drives up, there's a bit more conviction in them. But overall, it's it's just that, I don't know, almost like to think of it as, you know, a bit of a sling. You're pulling it apart and it's volatile and it slows down a little bit. So, sorry, I say spring, should have said rubber band. But um, yeah, it's, um almost seems like we could hopefully have a little bit less volatility now. And that might be the sort of the right conditions to then create the next momentum drive. And, you know, if there's no more bad news, I mean... We've also had Warnie go in the last few days. Like that, that was hard enough to get through. I'm pretty sure that's affected the markets too, to some degree. It's affected us all. But yeah, yeah.
1: it's uh, crazy. Absolutely crazy. It makes you think about how how vulnerable you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> Trying try not to put a completely negative spin on all these things, but there's been some pretty tough news come out in the last since yeah. last time we were on the podcast. But um, good, to, good to acknowledge it. Obviously, uh, Warnie is an Australian icon and hero, and uh, yeah, good to acknowledge him at least.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like, yeah, we've got to be get to the end and we'll see. I don't know. It's a wanton feel as opposed to this will happen. I mean, like you said, I think we've said it long ago and we keep saying it. Like if, if we do just get down and sideways, we just, you know, for me personally, it's just still, it's the same plan. It's just adding slowly and slowly, just DCAing, having a great time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's definitely DCA market at the moment. Like absolutely. It's uh, a lot of people that, that have came in will be down in their portfolios, which is. You know, I still have conviction in the market, still in for the for the long haul. That dollar cost average, buying little little bits and pieces on, on the red days, as I like to put it. Buying up those right, red candles is obviously a strategy that I use quite frequently. Yeah, you know, but obviously, once you've done your homework on the projects that you're actually interested in. So that's a really major part. You know, aside from all the news, what's been moving around, Fab, in the last couple of weeks that you've been noticing?
0: In like one that I've been keeping an eye on, it's done about 50% in the last 14 days. And I think a little bit more. If you go from what its actual runners. is, it gets close to almost a hundred percent since its range low. That's been pretty cool to see. Again, like we talk about that thing quite frequently. Like, you know, these are other solutions that are basically going to be competitors, I guess, to the Ethereum network. Like where is the money being locked away? Where are people seeing value? You know, Luna's been bigged up to be a real sort of stand-up competitor and different offering to what the Ethereum network has to offer. Uh, Anchor Protocol, also on the Terra Luna network, is up fifty percent again in the last fourteen days. So, quite a common occurrence is you know, if, if a network's running hot, usually those assets in that ecosystem do also perform quite well. Generally speaking. So that's interesting to see. Uh, Otherwise, we've had other two, I guess, key performers lately when everything else has been down waves as well as UMA, both up 50 and 70% respectively. So I think a bit of news catalyst behind both of those ones. Just I think one was a bit more of an exchange listing. And yeah, good to see, I guess, some assets that have had some positive news have a bit of conviction behind them. That's um, always good to see.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. Actually, seen something really good, you know, where. We love to support our Aussie businesses here as well. Obviously, everything a lot of people going through a hard time at the moment. We've seen that Immutable X, the NFT startup that they had recently raised at a valuation of 2.5 billion, which is absolutely insane. And and congratulations to the team at Immutable X. I think they raised raised 200 million at a valuation of 2.5 bill, which is um, you know absolutely unreal. Great to see this type of innovation and. And, you know, I guess projects being homegrown coming out of Australia. And yeah, it's just it's just really good to see. And we've got to be proud. We've got to support our own.
0: That's fantastic. It's
1: awesome. Well, guys, thanks very much for joining us today. Sorry if we've painted it a little bit of a, a negative light on some of it. It's just part of what's happening in the world at the moment. But we're going to be here for you guys. We're going to show up and you know, give you the news that you, that you deserve to get and that you want. If you're liking what we're doing, guys, obviously... Tune in at Tapping Into Crypto is our Instagram and share it around with your friends and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.